Hey guys, a quick note before we get started today. This is part two of an episode we're calling The Future of the Classroom, Examining Public Schools. You should start with part one if you haven't yet. Uh, We'll be referencing different parts of that discussion in today's half of the episode. Enjoy. From FingerLakes1.com, this is Inside DFLX. I'm Josh Duraso. In part one, we heard from the people inside schools who are advocating for change, assessing that change in real time, and looking for new ways to help students grow, whether it's applying new technology or finding new ways to assess learning. The goal is to empower and educate the next generation. Preparing students for what's next is tricky work, though. There are two primary paths for a student going through the public school system. Option number one, go to college, or option number two, do something other than go to college. For many years, option number one was the only path guidance counselors worked with students on leading up to graduation. There were exceptions like BOCES programs, which offered a technical training and an alternative path to graduation. And this is something I can speak to personally. I graduated in 2009 from one of the high schools focused on in this piece, both part one and part two, and was an average student. Attending college was the only path pitched from the moment I entered high school until the day I graduated. See, at the time, BOCES programs, or programs that used work experience to guide technical training, were reserved for students who struggled to learn in the traditional classroom. Simply being average, you know, good enough to get into a community college, but not good enough academically to get into most four-year schools didn't typically win entrance into these technical programs in the high school setting. And they're really important. These programs are developing the next generation of electricians, plumbers, carpenters, mechanics, entrepreneurs, and, and much, much more. As we talked about in part one, there has been a dramatic shift in the last decade. More programs exist now than ever before. There's more collaboration between schools and local businesses for more work-study opportunities, and students of all types are being educated about these programs to help them make the best choices for their future. But that collaboration is complicated. If you're a public school, how do you know or justify where to place these programs and what students to get involved The economy of the Finger Lakes is as much unique as it is competitive, so the broader question we need to answer to understand this issue is, what does the Finger Lakes need more of? To answer it, we caught up with Karen Springmeyer. She's the executive director of Finger Lakes Works. Um, Right now, employers are looking for everyone. Um, You know, in our region, advanced manufacturing, healthcare, we know tourism is a big industry. Um, I just drove by some companies on 5 and 20. They have help wanted signs out there. So there is definitely um, employment out there for those that are interested. As Karen points out, the region has a strong tourism industry that lends itself to a lot of entrepreneurship. It means a region ripe with opportunity to build the next generation of business owners and innovators. We'll get back to that in a moment, but the region has a lot of other strengths too, like advanced manufacturing. Companies throughout the region are looking for employees, but those prospective employees can't just walk in off the street. There is a need for some training, much of which can be learned from an area community college, 
like Finger Lakes Community College, or FLCC for short. So we'll go back to the educational gap. I think we're in the process of filling that, and I think we're making great progress. Um, I think the school superintendents, by attending Finger Lakes Works with Their Hands, understand that those are great jobs. The program Karen is referring to, Finger Lakes Works with Their Hands, is one of those intended to bridge the gap. It's an entry-level, day-long experience. It exists in partnership between Finger Lakes Works and area schools, farms, businesses, and more. It helps show students jobs that otherwise fall into the alternative path, the one that doesn't include a traditional four-year degree. We work with the guidance counselors very closely. Uh, we take the guidance counselors and students on tours of companies so that they know what's going on. So I think we've made great progress there. I think the gaps continue to be... Um, training programs that are developed to meet the needs of the employers. Through the Finger Lakes Community College, we've developed two programs, um, an advanced machinist train, advanced manufacturing machinist training, and it's actually held on-site at GW Lisk in Clifton, and one at ITT Gould, so one's in the fall and one's in the spring. So that collaboration you didn't see years ago. And another collaboration I think is so important is working with economic development. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 years ago, economic development was bricks and mortar. It's no longer. It's all about workforce. And I can say that in my four counties, we work very closely with the economic developers. Actually, some of our uh, business services reps go on site with the economic developers to meet with businesses. Mm -hmm. And as soon as an economic developer um, knows what a business needs and it's workforce related, they call us and we're there. But don't think that just by creating these programs, students will come to the rural Finger Lakes in droves. Karen understands this and, while optimistic, wants to ensure that folks in economic development stay proactive on retaining young people. Well, the optimist side of me is going to say yes, but the pessimist side of me says we have to create that pipeline. We've got to talk to those young people about these careers. I think we've lost a whole generation of folks in advanced manufacturing because no one wanted to send their child to work in a dirty manufacturing floor right? But that time's over. Um, Look at ITT Goulds. They've always got signs out there. So I think if we can really work with the students and the young people in school to understand the career opportunities right here in the Finger Lakes, that that might not be such a crisis. But that's that's not a pre, you know that's not the present, and in the present we have to look at those folks who are unemployed and give them the skills, give them the tools they need to meet those jobs that are in demand. Does. What Karen is saying there is important. Workforce development and economic development professionals have two major tasks ahead of them. Preparing students for a possible transition into the local economy as a worker and developing ways to continue education beyond high school who don't go to college. This is how the workforce will be redeveloped locally after decades were spent funneling students into the traditional college path, option number one, which we mentioned off the top. And if you recall from part one of this episode, it fits in like the missing puzzle piece as school administrators like Bob McKevney and Steven Zielinski pitched the continued learning mantra in public schools, continuing education outside the classroom so that a strong workforce can be developed here in the Finger Lakes. We have our five Finger Lakes Works Career Centers where those that are unemployed or looking at changing careers can come in and get services. So we work with those folks to provide them the skills that they need to meet those jobs that the employers um, are in demand. 
we provide interviewing techniques, uh, resume workshops, um, personal skills for success, which is you know the soft skills that we talk about, which a lot of employers are looking for. We provide training opportunities to those folks coming through our career center. So I, I refer to it as like we like to prepare the product for the employers, for those that are coming through our career centers. But on the flip side, for those employers that are looking, it's, it's difficult. Um, we try to work with the school districts. We work very closely with the 26 school districts in our four county area to help prepare the pipeline mm -hmm. because we've got to get to the young people so they know what jobs are available. It's not all about a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. You can have a great uh, job with more than a high school diploma and less than a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. Healthcare, advanced manufacturing, there's a lot of jobs out there. Karen says that one of the most gratifying things she's witnessed in her professional career is the transitional changes taking shape in public schools. The support her office has received in recent years from area school districts is proof positive that a genuine interest to prep students for more than college exists within the classroom. Yes, and they are. Uh, again, earlier I referred to the fact that I've been in this business a long time, so I've seen a great change with the education system. We have three events, uh, three hands-on career events for high school students in grades 9 through 12, and they're awesome, and most of the schools participate. And our major one is um, right here in Seneca Falls at the Lot Farm called Finger Lakes Works With Their Hands, yeah. and it's hands-on career fair in advanced manufacturing and skilled trades. And we have about 800 students every year come out and experience that. And, you know, anecdotally, I know students have gone into those careers because of that. Number-wise, it's hard to follow students when they're in school. Yeah. But that's a great opportunity to expose the students to those careers. And the teachers come. And two years ago, all the superintendents came. So I think we are making progress. Our other two events are in healthcare, and that's at the Finger Lakes Community College in Hopewell. And we have an agricultural career day. Mm -hmm. This is a three-site tour. We go to the um, Cornell Agritech, formerly known as the New York State Experiment Station. Mm -hmm. We go to a dairy farm, and we go to the uh, FLCC Viticulture Center. And the students get to experience hands-on activities. And we just had that, and we had about 250 students. So how did all of these conversations begin? When did people like Karen start communicating with administrators in local school districts? One person had a particularly significant role in that effort, and that person is Senator Michael Nazolio. He represented the Finger Lakes for more than 30 years in Albany, and after retiring from politics, set his sights on continuing that effort, which he often made a legislative priority. Our Finger Lakes region uh, has many resources and is being discovered. Mm -hmm. uh, that more and more people are traveling to the Finger Lakes, coming to the Finger Lakes to visit, to participate uh, in the ecotourism, the wineries, the uh, craft breweries, the cideries, the uh, great ambiance of the lakes, uh, that uh, tourists are coming here in record numbers. Uh, what the mission was for Locate Finger Lakes is to put uh, that identity of the Finger Lakes for business development. If you Googled uh, the Finger Lakes and Finger Lakes businesses, what you would see are, up until the creation of Locate Finger Lakes, uh, you would see discussion about wineries, about bed and breakfasts, about tourism, which is great. It's a, mm -hmm. a very important business uh, in our region. But what we wanted to do is, in order to promote business, we believe that it's important to showcase the businesses that are here, mm -hmm. to highlight the innovation, the creativity, the involvement of those businesses. What they do, not just locally, not just regionally, uh, but across 
the state and nation, if not the world. He said that retaining young people is absolutely essential to the long-term success of the region. That's why, after retiring, he began focusing on Locate Finger Lakes. That's an initiative meant to bolster the prominence of the Finger Lakes in the business community outside the region. The idea being that to generate new business or to generate new worker or to generate new workforce participation, people need to know about the businesses already thriving here as much as they need to know about the opportunities for training. Going to be a large part of it that uh, present and future generations are going to want a livable place uh, to grow, work, and raise their families. Uh, That livability is extremely important. Uh, that I've read a lot of economists and their analysis, and uh, certainly New York is challenged, tax structure, regulatory environment. Uh, I've been a harsh critic of uh, the lack of attention to job development and business development uh, by the policies of our state. Uh, What we need to do, uh, short of seeing them all wholesale removed, I don't think that's going to happen in the near future. What is going to happen in the near future, though, are people are going to decide to live in a place that is extremely enjoyable to live, that will enhance their lifestyle, will be able to avoid uh, two-hour commutes each way, as you, you see in the, some of the major cities, including Washington and Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, where you see the schools, uh, the fabric of the communities uh, have an extremely high standard, which is the sense of here in uh, New York State, and particularly the Finger Lakes, a place that's beautiful, a place that's not challenged uh, by... Uh, certainly we have challenges with the weather, but lack of water is not one of our challenges. Right. When you see droughts that lead to uh, forest fires, that lead to communities burning up, as we saw in the Napa Valley this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take uh, who wants to live in a place that uh, has those kinds of challenges as opposed to the Finger Lakes, which uh, certainly has many challenges, but it also has... After all, can you expect a student or adult to stay in a place if they're led to believe there aren't quality opportunities available? Senator Nizzolio saw an opportunity here and is acting on it. One initiative involving students driven in large part by Senator Nizzolio is known as the YAY or Young Entrepreneurs Academy. Latoya Collins, who leads this program at Finger Lakes Community College, walks us through what the program looks like. And how it came to be is that Locate Finger Lakes took a special interest in revitalizing the economy in the Finger Lakes region, and they learned about the EA program, Young Entrepreneurs Academy. And so they were able to bring the program to Finger Lakes Community College, as well as Cayuga Community College, in order to offer students in grades 6 through 12 the opportunity to develop real businesses and help contribute to that economic vitality. It's intense. Over the course of months, students in high school are tasked with building a business from the ground up. And in some cases, they have translated into legitimate bona fide businesses when those students exit. Think about that. Students in the program are developing life skills that will allow them to better upon graduation, whether they go to college or not. And if they want, have a money-making option in front of them as soon as they leave the program. Here's the student perspective and where we'll leave this episode. Megan, who was a freshman at the time of this interview, moved through the A program. She, it's something Minders Academy and the Seneca Falls Central School District have embraced with incredible results. 
Megan, though, describes that experience in whole. There was a lot of pressure at the beginning, I would say, but LaToya helped us a lot throughout the program. Mm -hmm. And everybody was basically at the same pace, I feel like. You didn't know that, but like when you got to the class, you felt better and like you were reassured. And it was, like I said, a rough at the beginning, but as you went on, it definitely got easier. And I would say the business plan was the hardest part of it. But once you figured out like what your business was and how you're going to get around it, it got easier. And being a freshman in high school and playing sports and everything, there was a lot of time that I spent with this program too. So the time effort was a lot, but it was definitely worth it. See, these programs are exciting and everything we've learned in both parts of this episode paint a bright picture for what public schools might look like in the future. Students will likely see more technology, less tests, and more opportunities to learn in the field than ever before. It's not only a reason to be excited for students, but really optimistic about the future of our very own public schools. Inside the FLX is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and the FingerLakesOne.com app. You can see past episodes of the show by visiting www.insidethefx.com. Thanks to Senator Michael Nazolio, Karen Springmeyer, Latoya Collins, Megan Marley, Bob McKevney, Jeremy Klingerman, Jody Verkey, Stephen Zielinski, and Amy Hibbard for making this episode possible. We'll be back in two weeks with another story. In the meantime, leave a review if you're listening to us on one of the podcasting platforms I mentioned off the top. It helps new listeners find us. Thanks, guys, and I'll talk to you next time.